Hello and welcome to the Analysis Mason podcast. My name is Catherine Hammond and I'm a Principal Analyst in our Research Division. I'm here today with Tom Rebeck to talk about Ericsson's acquisition of Vonage, which was announced earlier this week. Tom's just written a free article about this acquisition and we'll put a link to that in the notes to the podcast. So Tom, thanks for joining me today. Um, First of all, not everyone will be familiar with Vonage, so perhaps you could start by giving us a quick overview of the Vonage business and, and exactly what it is that Ericsson has bought. Sure. Yeah. So I think Vonage is it's probably best known as a a VoIP service, a voice service, um, which is still part of its business, but there are two other parts to its business as well. So just starting with that consumer voice service, it, it's still there. It's still part of what Vonage does, but it's a relatively small part. It generated about 20% of their revenues in Q3 2021. Um, and they 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 they're going through a strategy of of a sort of managed decline for that. So it, it revenue declined about fifteen percent year on year. So the consumer voice service is still there, but much less important than it used to be. The second part of its business is a unified comms and contact center business. This is about a third of revenue. It's growing. It grew reasonably well in the year to Q three twenty twenty one. So it grew about eight eight percent um, year on year. Um, but it's smaller and slower growing than some of its direct competitors. So companies like 8x8 and, and Ring Central uh, are both both going growing quicker. Um, and then there's the third part of its business, and this is really why Ericsson's interested in Vonage. This is the, the CPaaS platform that sells communications APIs, so things like uh, messaging APIs, voice APIs, and, and video APIs. This is um, just under half of its business, but it's the bit of the business that's growing really quickly. It grew 43% year on year to the most recent quarter. Um, and I think it's also worth saying that that's built in large part on, on acquisitions. So Nexmo, it bought in 2018, um, and also bought Topbox for the video APIs in, in, in 2018. So those those are the three things of, of, of Vonage, but it's mostly that last one that's of interest to, to Ericsson. Great, thank you. And, and I think I'm right in saying that there's been speculation for a while that, that Vonage would be bought by someone. Um, I guess it's not immediately obvious to me why Ericsson would want to be the buyer. You, you talked about that, that API um, part of the business. Yeah, and I think um, there's been a bit of confusion. It's not totally clear. Um, or they did, they perhaps didn't make it as clear as they, they, they could have done in the investor announcements. Um, but I think what they're trying to do makes sense, um, and it all goes back to their their vision for for API networks and having some sort of API platform for five G five G networks. So, sort of leaving Vonage aside for a second, the idea is that, um, as we all know, five G networks have all of these new capabilities that we haven't got with previous networks. So, things like lower latency or guaranteed throughput or network slicing. Now, all of these features need to be made develop, available to developers. And those developers, they won't want to do a separate integration for each operator that they're working with or each network equipment vendor. They want a standard set of APIs to work across those different features. Um, so this is, I think, Ericsson's vision for an API platform for, for, for 5G in the same way that Vonage is selling SMS APIs. So if you're an app developer and you want your app to be able to send SMS regardless of who's operator, who the operator is, um, they want to do something similar for, for for 5G APIs. So if you want to build, if you're a developer, you want to build an app with um, guaranteed low latency that works and, and you want the same app to work in the UK or the US or in China without having to reconfigure each time for each country, 
um, you need some sort of platform in between. So th this is what Ericsson's trying to develop, and it wants to use Vonage's um, CPaaS platform as the as the basis for that. Okay, that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it certainly sounds like there's a, a real need for this sort of kind of multi multi vendor five G API platform that will work, as you say, in different countries. Yeah, and I think it's I mean it's an important point because. There's been lots of discussion about 5G and how 5G is different from previous networks and so on, um, but very little about how those new capabilities, how they're going to be brought to market, how they're going to be priced, how they're going to be packaged, all this kind of practical stuff that needs to be done really hasn't been done. There hasn't been enough discussion of it yet. Um, so really, Ericsson, uh, by doing this Vonage acquisition, is trying to push this up the agenda and trying to move this further and make it um, make some of these new applications happen which, yeah, I think has been a bit slow otherwise. Mm. So it sounds like a great idea. Do you, I mean, do you think Ericsson's the right player to be doing this? So I think there's, there's there's interesting questions both about whether it's Ericsson is the right player to do it and whether Vonage is the right platform to, to start with. Um, so Ericsson, on the investor call, they were very clear that... Um, so they said that the APIs need to be global and open and the platform will need to be multi-vendor. So... It would need the, the developers would be able to use the APIs that work regardless whether it's Nokia or Huawei or, or whoever as the, as the network equipment vendor or whichever operator it's on. Um, so for Ericsson to make this work, then Nokia and Huawei would presumably need to cooperate with them. Um, and it's not clear what the incentive is for them to cooperate with Ericsson. Now, it's not without precedent. There are other occasions when obviously they, they work together. Um, Ericsson has a very big managed services business and quite often it's managing Nokia networks. So it's not that they don't work together, um, but this feels a, a little a little bit different. So there's potentially some tension there between um, Ericsson having this money-making division that depends on, on, on the cooperation of the other network equipment vendors. Um, I think the operators might feel a bit more favorable. I think they probably understand that we need this cross-vendor, cross-operator capability. Um, it has to be developed by somebody, um, and Ericsson probably a better partner than, than say, Twilio or, or some of the other potential um, companies who could develop it. So from that side, at some point, there's, there's, there's uh, reasons why Ericsson, um, from an operator perspective, Ericsson may be well positioned. Um, then I think there's the questions about Vonage and whether Vonage is a good a good starting point. So one of the things that again Ericsson stressed in the invest investor announcement was that the large developer community that Vonage already has so it's already got over a million developers um, but those developers they're doing things that are very different from obviously the 5G network APIs they're, they're doing things like adding a few lines of code that you put into an app so it can use a voice service or so the app can send an SMS um, so that they're developers using kind of network type services but whether they're the right developers who will be building the applications for um, the more powerful 5G services, I think is a, is a question. Um, and I think Vonage, clearly it's going to need um, the assistance of Ericsson in developing those new APIs and it, it'll need the, the deeper network expertise. Um, and that's, again, one thing that Ericsson stressed a lot in the investor call, that it was well positioned to build this platform because it has that understanding of the of the network, um, which maybe others don't. Mm. So, so certainly some challenges, but it sounds certainly like Ericsson need Vonage and Vonage need Ericsson if, if they are going to make this work. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult. Uh, one of the questions on the investor call was, why did could you have done developed this internally? Um, and it feels like from a standing start to develop some sort of CPaaS platform to understand what developers need and, and how they work, that would be quite hard for 
uh, for Ericsson to do from a standing start. Um, and in a sense, it was it. It's not like Vonage Von did this from a standing start. They bought Nexmo back in 2016, um, and a lot of what they're doing seems to be built on top of those uh, uh, those Nexmo capabilities. Mm. So, assuming the acquisition goes ahead next year, what what would you expect to see next happening happening at Vonage? So, the Ericsson expect the deal to close by the first half of 2022. Um, then there are, I, I think, there are a bunch of questions for Ericsson on on day one. Um, first is around the consumer business. Does it continue that in some sort of managed decline? Does it try and sell it again. So Vonage tried to sell it earlier this year. They tried and failed to sell it. Yeah, maybe Ericsson could have another go at, at getting getting rid of it, or, or maybe they just run it into the ground. The second question is around the unified comms contact center business. As I said before, it's growing, but it's not really growing as quick as some others. It, it also doesn't necessarily feel like a particularly good fit with, with Ericsson. Um, one of the questions on the investor call was whether Vonage competes with Ericsson's existing customers. I, I don't think it. I don't think Vonage really does, but there's certainly some overlap between what Vonage does in the unified comms business and what operators do. That's not to say they couldn't work together. They could try and sell it through operators and so on. But again, it, it, it's not really the reason why Ericsson's bought Vonage. It's bought Vonage for the CPaaS platform. So there's the question of what it does um, with the unified comms business. Um, and then third, with the CPaaS platform, so the main uh, strategic reason for, for this acquisition, um, they'll need to work with Vonage to develop these new sets of APIs um, around 5G. So there's going to be quite a lot of work to be done there in, in just, just building up the, the catalogue of, of, of different APIs. Um, at the same time, we're still growing the existing Vonage business because, as I said, Vonage grew what, over 40% in the, in the in the year to, to Q3 2021. So it's doing really well as it is. Um, so there's quite a few questions and, and things for, for Ericsson to address when the deal closes. Great. Thanks, Tom. That, that's been really interesting. Um, good to talk to you today. To automatically receive future episodes, please subscribe to the Analysis Mason podcast. Thanks for listening.